When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, the Renault Dealer of the Year and most Google-reviewed dealership in Ireland. For award-winning customer service you can trust, visit us today. Blackstone Motors, drive with peace of mind. 041-983-1100. You're very welcome to Tuesday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Now, I've said it, folks, many times on this show, doesn't time fly? And I suppose when you have children, you look at children growing up, grandchildren, they really are a marker for you as time moving along and when you look at them as they grow up you feel oh it's disappeared so fast hasn't it well my first guest today puts me in mind of that as well because by the year 10 years ago actually on the 21st of April 2009 in the infancy of this show Jenny Glasgow and Ruben Diaz joined me here because they had just opened late in 2008 a brand new restaurant on the south side of Drogheda called Eastern Seaboard and it's coming to the 10th anniversary this November, this time of year. And Jenny is back with me on the show today. And we're going to wander down memory lane and talk about a decade in business and most successful it's been. Jenny Glasgow, you're very welcome to Late Lunch. Thank you so much. For Thank you very much for joining me again <clears throat> on the show. Can, can you believe Can you believe that it's your 10th birthday coming up on the seaboard? I can't, actually. Um, it's a 10 years that have gone extremely quickly in one respect. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 unreal to be at this stage now. You're going to celebrate, obviously. Let's roll the clock back. You were with me in April 2009. You opened, was it November of the year before? Yes, it was November. Of course, <coughs> we're in November now. Yes, yeah, November 2008. So Thanksgiving, to be precise. That was the day. Yes, yeah. 27th of November 2008, which was also Thanksgiving. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued at, because I can't remember. Yeah. How did you come across the premises? Um, long story short, uh, the landlords were fans of Reuven's cooking while he was at the waterside in Terman Fecken um, and approached him and said, oh, we have a building. Would you like to see it? We had no idea that they were kind of pitching the building to us. We were like, oh, that's a really handsome building. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, their um, their motive was hoping that maybe Reuven would take it on. And was there a lot of thought put into that decision before you made it? I have to answer you really quite honestly there and would say no. You just went for it? Yes. 
At the time, we had been looking at a premises here in Drogheda town on the port, um, a courtyard style building. And um, we were full steam ahead. We'd bought an old vintage van. We had planned to put that van in the courtyard. We were going to open it up, do coffees and afternoon teas and all of that kind of thing. And that was the track that we were propelled along. And then the offer of this uh, premises, Eastern Seaboard. Well, it wasn't Eastern Seaboard (laughs) at the time, came along and uh, we we just looked at each other and said, well, why not? Here's an opportunity that has presented itself. We really don't know what we're doing, but let's go for it. And you had uh, a shell of a building. There was nothing a else. It was the shell. shell. That was yes. it at the stage. Yes. So you have to start from scratch, mm. kit it out, mm. get your kitchens in, mm. your bars, everything mm. involved with it. Mm. Where did the name come from? This is a question that we are asked over and over again and still to this day, even 10 years later, people, there's some confusion about Eastern Seaboard. Uh, It refers to our geographical location here on the east coast of Ireland and it has a kind of throwback reference to the time that both Reuven and I spent in the States and the east coast there was always referred to as the Eastern Seaboard. People now get confused. They're like, are you an Eastern? Are you like an Asian restaurant? Are you a seafood restaurant? No, we're here on the east coast of Ireland. I'm delighted uh, you've uh, explained that for people who may be wondering all these years later. Mm. So you you have to start at a time when this country is on its knees and I can recall, I do have a bit of recall, they tell me I don't remember things happened an hour ago, but I do remember when you and Reuven were here in April yep. 2009, early mm. doors for your business, and I did ask you this question, and I think you recounted it a mm. number of times. I said, had your rocks in your head? Why did you start this business and the country on its knees? Mm. I think Reuven's response to that question at that time was, there's never a bad time for a good idea. Um, and that certainly rang true at the time. You know, And it proved true because you started to pick up quite quickly. Mm. Business came to you, didn't it? It was mm. good from early doors. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. It seemed, it felt as if, it may not have been that way in reality, but it felt like we opened the doors and we were just very busy from the outset. And over those years, when you think of all you've had to put into it, mm. uh, what's been the greatest challenge? Or what's been the biggest surprise, may I ask you, in... in in terms of running a place like Eastern Seaboard? Those are huge questions, Jerry. The biggest surprise that we're still here 10 years later? What's the biggest challenge? Every day is a challenge. Is it tough? Unbelievably so. More tough than you ever expected? Absolutely. I That old adage of if I knew then what I know now um, might have been, uh, you know, might have been different decisions made. But we have stuck with it for 10 years through thick and thin. And there's been a lot of both. Um, and it's been an incredible challenge, but really a great learning experience. Was there ever a time you teetered on the brink? You said... From two aspects, personally yourselves, you know, with all that's involved here and what it takes. And, you know, financially, were there Mm. ever iffy times? (laughs) More than I care to remember, of course. It was so difficult in the beginning. It was as if we were learning the ropes as we went along because we were so naive. We really didn't know what we were doing. But yet we were busy. We were trying to deal with situation on the hoof. Um, so the early years were difficult, the middle years were difficult, and here we are still, and it's still a challenge. But you know what? I guess that keeps us on our toes. Mm. Have you regrets about it? You mentioned, you did touch on it there a second ago, that you look back on things that you might have done differently, that you've taken real learnings from. 
We continue to learn. We absolutely have learned so much on this journey. Do I have regrets? Um, I don't think so. I mean, sometimes I think about family. You know, when we started, the boys were really small, four and five years old. Um, Could I have been around more, you know, as a mom? Maybe. Um, But regrets, maybe not so much. Mm. We're, We're doing this. What's the key to your success? Can you put your finger on one thing? That's because I want to remind listeners, through the years, Eastern Seaboard has come out top in all the reviews of any of the major reviewers in media in Ireland. They've all, to a man and woman, come to you and written about you. And even recently again, Mm. the waxing lyrical about you. What's, What's the key to success? Um, I'm sure there are multiple answers to that question, but I ultimately feel that if you work as hard as we do, as both Reuven and I do, day in and day out, then you, then it has to come around full circle, you know? We hard a, work. We put a lot in. Yeah. What about the whole area of staff? Because you deliver your service, not just through yourself mm. and Reuven, mm. but you depend on an awful lot of other people to be up for it every day, you yes. know, to deliver that to customers. Yes. Is that difficult? Is it difficult to get good staff and retain them? Um, increasingly so. Um, and I'm sure for a number of reasons in terms of accommodation in Drogheda is quite difficult as well. Um, and just in this country, people don't really see service industry as a career. So always people are on their way to college, in college, doing something else, waiting for the real job or so on. But we've been so lucky in the 10 years that we have been there to have such a wonderful collection of people who have worked with us. And it's something that customers um, remark on over and over again is mm. the you know really wonderful team that we have there at any given time. Is there anyone with you from day one? I know yourself and Reuben are there. Has anyone survived the decade? Yes, absolutely. And they're in the kitchen. (laughs) Behind the scenes, the engine room. I I don't mean that in disregard to any aspect of the business, but I I know what you're talking about. So they're there with you still. Mm -hmm. You make an interesting point that I've never considered before. It can be a transient career Mm. for many people, Mm. can't it? Absolutely. And that's a difficulty in itself, isn't it? It is very much so when you are trying to fulfil or fill positions, you know, on an annual basis or a monthly basis, whether it's front of house, bar, you know, your cleaning team, whatever. um, It can be difficult to fill those, those roles. Now, not content with Eastern Seaboard, you decide, well, we'll look at something else here that's related to the food and uh, Brown Hound Mm. uh, manifested itself. Yes. And here you have a real winner on your hands as well, but more work, more responsibility. Yes. Yes. A labour of love, maybe? You've yeah, got it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd say so. But, you know, it's talked about and people love going there mm. and what you offer there mm. as well. Mm. But again, you know, it's it's when I think about you and you say it's hard work and that, is that it? Like you have the two that you focus on now, the hound and the seaboard. Mm. You're well occupied with those two. You're not ever thinking of doing anything else, are you? Not at the moment, I would have to say, <laughs> yes. But I would also say never say never. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. And I look at the glint in your eye yeah. there as well. And I know Reuben feels the same also. Mm. You're always thinking and looking as well. Come back to the seaboard again for mm. a minute. Um, you've made changes over the years yes. because your menu is different today to mm. the menu you started out with. Now, you have some standards. You have the chicken wings, I take it. Still, They're haven't? still there. Oh, my God. Never change that, please. <laughs> please, please, please. I yeah. told you before, Richard Corrigan. 
Right. Said best chicken wings he'd ever tasted yeah. in his life. Such an yeah. endorsement mm. from a man like Corrigan as well, mm. because he was here with me and he went up to you oh, uh, right. and made sure he had someone as he left here. Mm. But look, you have. You've changed. You've looked at that menu. And at times you've you've got criticism for that from your loyal cost. People love your place and they say, why are you f- fixing something that isn't broken, Jenny? Oh, yes, I know. That's a tricky one. But I really feel that we are evolving You know, we did remain static for quite a long time, but I feel like we were finding our feet and it just may have taken us a little bit longer than most. And maybe now, eight, nine, ten years in, maybe we are finding our feet now, but we're different people and we want to bring some of those, some of that growth, some of those new experiences, some of that intention, some of those ideas back to the plate at Eastern Seaboard. Are you never worried, though, that, you know, you'll discommode maybe somebody who loves you and they don't particularly like the changes you make? Jerry, I think we absolutely have discommoded a lot of people. OK. But we must keep moving forward. Um, you change. You're not the person you were five years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm not the person I was. Things have to keep moving. Um, and I know the part, the piece that I feel is important is that we are still Eastern Seaboard. The ethos, the ethics all of the beauty that is wrapped up in that space will always be there. The menu might change a little. We might tweak a little. The offering might be a little different. But the structure, the bones are the same. Mm -hmm. So trust us. It'll be okay. Now, the dogs arrived. Oh, yes. (laughs) And you and I talked about that, you remember? And by God, that got publicity nationally here in this country when you made this decision to Mm -hmm. allow people with conditions Mm -hmm. take their dogs into the restaurant Mm -hmm. to eat. Mm -hmm. When you reflect on that, how long is that in now? Uh, Over a year. And how do you assess it at this stage? I'm delighted. It's hugely positive for us. Um, I do understand that at the time, as you just mentioned, there was people who maybe were a little discombobulated by that. Um, And however... Dogs are a big part of our life. The brown hound is named after our wonderful chocolate Labrador, as you know. So I welcomed that change in legislation with open arms and still do. Um, we we have um, house rules in place that exist in the restaurant and in the bakery to ensure the comfort of everybody. So if you're a dog lover or if you're not so comfortable with dogs, we're hoping that with our structures that are in place that everyone will be comfortable together. And from a customer's point of view, feedback you've mm. got, and from dog owners, mm. has it in the main been positive? Absolutely, After yes. the Ferrari early on? After the dust has settled. <laughs> After the, the barking stopped. Oh, no barking allowed. <laughs> Two barks and you're out. Was <laughs> that it? Two strikes and you're out yeah. of the place. Yeah. You must be so proud, yourself and Reuben, of what you've achieved, of what you've built there, of what you've created. On reflection, I think absolutely yes. Um, We are proud. Um, I hope I don't start crying now. Um, Yes, we are very proud and very proud of the team that work with us. Um, But sometimes it's hard to be proud when you're in the trenches. You know, you you lose sight of the bigger picture because you're just focused on the day to day. Mm. But on reflection, very proud. When you're in those trenches, and I I operate in trenches like that a lot of the time myself, A kind word is nice, isn't it? Or mm-hmm. a comment from a, from a customer or feedback. What about the reviews that you get, these online people and stuff like that? Do you pay any attention to them? Um, I try not to, 
but it is uh, something that you definitely check in with every now and again. Um, some of those online reviews, I hate the aspect of them that they're just so anonymous and people feel that they can jump online and say things that they wouldn't say to your face. I'm at the restaurant more hours than I care to remember. I'm always there on the floor. If someone has a complaint or an issue, I'm happy to hear it. I really am. Please don't go online and, you know, vent. Be that faceless person. Mm. And don't leave a place. Do you see that? That's something that Irish people, well, I don't know, that it's probably changed. Irish people used to go to a place and something wasn't right and they'd go home and bitch about it. Now, yeah. they haven't got the online, but yes. you know, you're better as an owner. Uh, you prefer people to be straight up, come to you and tell you what they didn't like. I'd rather know. OK. I'd rather know. If it's a personal preference, if it's so, a subjective point of view, then sometimes that's tricky. But if there's a flaw, mm. if something has come out of the kitchen you know, incorrectly, I want to know. If some service standards have slipped, I want to know. Okay. So please do tell me. Where to from here? Is, is that a leading question or a question that you're, you're not in a position to talk about? You, you, you said you're focused on the hound and the seaboard now. These are your babies, grown-up babies. <laughs> They're heading to yes. teenage years now at this yes. stage. If another opportunity or something came along, would you look at it? Are you keen? How long can you... Oh, look, let's cut to the point. Mm. How long can you do this for? I don't know. (laughs) Ten years. It's been a long ten years, but I do... I look forward to the next ten. I absolutely do. I'm not 100% sure that I want to be working at this level perpetually for the next 10 years. I really hope that we can streamline our offering. So that means that the challenges of the day-to-day become less um, and that our operation, again, using the word streamlined, we've le- you know, we can take what we've learned from the last 10 years and look forward to the next 10 with a little bit more structure. You've done a wonderful job. And I have to say, you've added so much to this community in the Northeast. You've brought so much. Thank you've you. brought such honour to uh, where you are. And it's you and Reuven and your team that have delivered that over the years. And I congratulate you and all the awards you received are well justified. I have just one final request. Mm. Never, ever take those chicken wings <laughs> off that menu. Will you promise me that here today, 10 years on? I can't promise anything. <laughs> oh my God, I knew she was going to say that. <laughs> I knew she was going to say that. She wouldn't give me the guarantee. But look, at uh, that's only one aspect and that's a very personal thing I say. Mm. But I've always enjoyed, I wish you continued success with the Eastern Seaboard and the Brown Hound and congratulate you coming to your 10th birthday. And it's great to see you again. Jenny Glasgow, thanks a million. Thank you so much. Yeah, black or white, Michael Jackson. It's black and white this week. Yes, Dundalk, double winners, league champions and FAI Cup. We'll dedicate that to them and all the supporters this afternoon on late lunch. Now, all roads lead to the Listoonan Community Centre just outside Carrick Macross this Saturday night as country music sensation Jimmy Buckley performs at the Jerry's Prepared Veg and Takeaway Annual Senior Citizens Fundraiser. The show begins at half past eight with a country disco followed by support act Dermot McConnell Uh, and we have four sets of tickets to give away to Jimmy Buckley in Carrick this Saturday 
All you have to do is get calling now. 1850 Get through as quick as you can. First four callers to that number gets the Jimmy Buckley tickets. Bridge is standing by waiting to take your call. 1850 Now there's a monster bingo at Dundalk Racecourse this Sunday. It's a very special one. There's €12,000 up for grabs in prizes and all funds going to Shabrit Charity, the Oliver Brady Memorial Fund in aid of a DNA gene sequencing machine at the Matter Hospital. We've spoken about it a number of times here on Late Lunch and they just want to let you know everybody welcome to Dundalk Racecourse for bingo this Sunday the 11th of November at 3 o'clock 12,000 in prizes there to be won we wish them well reminding you St Peter's Parish Mission Week continuing all this week 10am in the morning and 7.30 in the evening at Our Lady of Lourdes Church we spoke to the fathers from the Dominican on Late Lunch yesterday afternoon Drahunda Business Excellence Awards 2018 City North Hotel Saturday the 24th of November for more details on tickets, go to drawhadachamber.com. And listen to this, Bon Jovi, Sinead. Do you like oh, Bon yeah. Jovi? Yeah, well, I actually saw him in Slane. Well, I saw you? them, sorry, in Slane. Yeah. Uh, when was uh, it? But I know it's John Bon Jovi oh, John that bon you Jovi. Yeah, to yeah, see, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Well, the tickets go on sale this Thursday at 9. But we have tickets. We have tickets for John Bon Jovi before they go on sale. Go to our Facebook page. That's the LMFM Facebook page. And just tag a mate you'd love to bring and win a pair of tickets before they go on sale this Thursday. So over you go to Facebook. Now from Bon Jovi to the Spice Girls and the tears are running down Sinead Brazzle's face. Why? Well, what I really, really wanted, Jerry, <laughs> <laughs> was for the Spice Girls to come to Ireland. They're not. They're not coming to Ireland. And they're back on tour, are they? Well, they're supposed to be like doing a sort of a world tour because they're all broke now and they need the money I probably. I Victoria's not broke. Well, actually, <laughs> you know, she's not broke, but I think her fashion business might be in the toilet. <laughs> she, she's not part of this no, reunion, I no, believe. No, she's too posh for them to be so back. So she's out. So does she get nothing? No. Funny enough, she's caught she in. She does not get. Does she, she, well, not? she No, she will get a cut. Yeah, right. Of the of the of even the goods though she's not. Not no, she's not in the mix on the stage. I but because that, of the right. whole, you yes. know, she's part of it. Doesn't she exactly. have a share in it still? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So Why they have to see. They have to soft soap her before they can actually use the name and I think go on tour again. Anyway, there's four of them going. Who yeah. was your favorite Spice oh, Girl? Oh, Posh Spice was my. Favorite. And she's not going to be there anyway. No, no, ah, well, listen, sure, and don't then worry. Then. I did. I did have. Uh, I did like Sporty. Sporty Melcy Spice. Yeah. I like the one with the little. You like baby, baby spice, baby yeah, spice. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the hair done Still like that. Still looks the same. They all look the same. Fairness, they do, do you look reckon? Great. I think they look good. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not so sure about that. Well, I know you only have one, you know, pop star in your mind. Who? Who? He says. Oh my god. Who do you love? Does our name begin with K? Yeah. Oh, sure, no, you're talking <laughs> Going to see her. Third, it's third December, she's back. Yes, Dublin yeah. on the Monday. She better be there this time. <laughs> she stands me I can't up. be listening if to she you. she stands me up for a second time, there'll be no living with me, that's for sure. <laughs> anyway, news and weather next. And Rory O'Connor from Rory Stories with us after two. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. 
My next guest is a stand-up comedian and mastermind behind the phenomenally successful social page Rory's Stories, one of the biggest social media pages in this country. It has an audience of hundreds of thousands, so large that Rory has toured his material to sold-out shows as far afield as Australia and the Middle East. His first book, The Rory Stories Guide to the GAA, was a bestseller. He was with me on that occasion, and he's back today because he's launching the new one tonight. It's called The Rory Stories Guide to Being Irish. Rory, you're so welcome to Late Lunch. Cheers, Jerry. Good to be back. Great to have you with us on the show. And we're Facebook Live this afternoon. We'll give yeah, you a wave there, yeah, myself yeah. and Rory, if you want to have a look at what's going on here in the studio. You're launching this very night where? In uh, Easton's in Ashburn, in the, in the main street there, the, this evening around half six. So that's looking forward to that, like, especially being in Ashburn. Um, proud Ashburn man, looking forward to this evening. Hopefully... Um, be a good, good evening's crack anyway. It will be, and it's an open house. Everybody invited. Yeah, so anyone's along. invited. Like last year was a kind of a ticket event, but this year, like the, the rule of thumb with, with second year authors, it's not as big of a deal. Like, kind of, yeah, you wrote a book, whatever type of thing, move on. Like, <laughs> so it's kind of anyone who's in the Ashburn area that, that wants to come down, and we're going to be talking about the book and, and looking for a signed copy. Um, see you there this evening. So. Let's step back a little bit. This was a thought of yours a few years ago. You were at a loose end in your life, so to speak, weren't you? Yeah, I suppose, I remember actually, it was only driving down the car, he said himself, I remember being in here about four years ago with you when I, I kind of was writing a blog and Facebook had just started, like, but um, you, we were chatting about it and I actually remember you looking at me going, I can see it in you that that you're going to make it, like, and that actually stuck to me, Jerry. that's the truth, I remember, there's a few things people say to you over your you're climbing the ladder and that was definitely one the way you looked at me I can see in your eyes your determination your will and like you know that obviously helped my ego heading off like so yeah just just work really hard for the last few years and you know the, the key to it is just never setting and like you know and you know to everyone else like you know Rory O'Connor Rory Star is doing really well but in my own head I'm not like I'm constantly like you know trying to strive for for, for better each and every day like so it's um it's and I listen it's unbelievable like it's I am living the dream there's no point in lying about it it's unreal like and, and you are a fella. You say yourself that you have an all-encompassing personality. You're this type of guy. So, like, those little words, just not from me, but from lots of people, they mean a lot to you. You obviously take them... Yeah, well, I do. Like, you know, I, I obviously... I, I have a hard neck on me. Like, naturally, you'd have to, like... Especially when you're playing... Uh, when you're playing football against not me teams for a long time, you need a bit of a, a, bit of a neck on you. Like, but... Uh, no, look, I am, like, I, I, a, lot, a lot of negativity just falls off my back. I'm good at that, like, and when I started to go into this, I understood that, you know, not everyone's going to like what you do, not everyone's going to like it, and I can accept that, you know, that's, that's, that's life, like, and once you're content with who you are and you're true to yourself, well then, you know, you have to just be yourself, and that's what I try to be every day, and, and, and with my comedy, I just, what I find funny, like, a lot of people seem to do, and, and it just works, basically, Jerry. so that's where I'm at at the minute, like. Because, you know why, it's about you and me and everybody listening today, it's about real life, isn't it, and real life situations. Yeah, well, that's it, like, like I don't even know if I call myself a comedian, because I don't know any jokes, like, and there's this, I suppose, thing of, of I tell us a joke, I actually don't know any, but what I do know is I'm very good at, at um, observation comedy, like, I can I could be in, you know, walking around the shops, and I'd see stuff that other people mightn't see, and I'd say to my wife, Emma, and she'd go, oh my God, how'd you cop that? Just, just what, what, what I find easy to do, like, and I, I still believe and you know I'm not telling I know the whole world of comedy but I do believe relatability comedy is the funniest comedy and I always bring back the film The Snapper it's on the, the television you know three or four times a year why? because it's relatable that's what went on in in the early 90s in, in Dublin City Centre and that's why 
I try to concentrate on that with my comedy. It's not hilariously one punchline, funny jokes, anything like that. And I don't intend it to be. It's more I love people like a little one minute short story. So I'd have a caption. People would get what I mean and they might know that fella or they might know that snare and then they tag their friends. So it's kind of making people aware that you're not the only person who, who does X, Y and Z because of the attraction on the videos if you get me like Well I had to call a halt up in the office this morning with Sinead Brazel because the laughter was going on and on she had a set of headphones on and I said what is going on and I came around oh she says look at Rory stuff here yeah. and I mean she was just so over the moon and so happy and joyous you brought such joy to Sinead this morning as, as she watched these and one of them she says Jerry come over here come over here and I'll show you this one it was a throwback to years ago you know when we used to go and wrap a door and run you yeah. know you remember this one Nick, you did knickknacks knickknacks yeah, that's yeah. what it was called and someone had come out you know and you're the guy you're the guy coming out of the house saying what the hell if I get you I'll break your necks and then you show some other scenes from yesteryear that was pure simple fun for young fellas and then today you switch to today and here they all are yeah, I know. With it's, their thumbs going on their phones. Yeah, and it makes my, like, I grew up in, I, in the 90s, like, and it makes me appreciate growing up, because the 90s and 80s and will never be back again. Obviously, the world's mm. only going one way, so I think our generation needs to be extremely thankful to be uh, living our, our, our childhood during them times, where, as you said, it was simple fun, mm. playing squares in the road, game of curbs, football, you know, the whole... Uh, jumpers for goalposts and, and obviously knick-knacking now knick-knacking is not ideal if you're sitting there trying to watch Canastry having a cup of tea and his young lad's banging on your door like but like, we got great crack out and I love it for a young lad knick-knacking my door I go out and I shake his hand now in a way because at least they know they're not betting to their mobile phones or their, or their Fortnite or all these kind of uh, brainwashing games that happen at the minute so so if anyone wants to knick-knack you can knick-knack my door and I swear to God I, I, I won't run after you and you know Rory I think about the people on our street where I live that were not people and they were just they, they didn't like young fellas or yeah and and they you know if you knew they were like that you'd nearly try and knock the door yeah, yeah. regularly it's like you have different people on your own so i broke it down in the book it's like you have the little old lady who's actually too nice so she's born she constantly answers the door and we get no crack over like <laughs> then we have the stubborn lad who won't and we keep banging on his door and then we have the one lad who Rocks his papers and whoever loses has to knock. And this is that who will chase it down the road. Like, you know, that kind of way. We had a woman on our road years ago that she used to come out and go, I'm warning you, lads, if I see you again, this will be her head. And she'd smash two plates on the floor. We'd be out behind the car laughing. And then she'd come out two minutes later and really watch the run start sweeping them up and go back in. Like, and we used to get unbelievable entertainment out of this. Like, you know, and obviously you're pissing off a lot of people on the road but listen it was our fun and, and it's no harm there was no yeah, real um, absolutely there was no malice no, in it at no all malice, you know what I mean and it crack, was that little yeah. bit of crack the other thing I wanted to talk to you about just picking some of your your fun and the stories you've done the three stages of a stag weekend now you break stags down into different age categories and I'm going to cry here because I'm not even on your radar the young is 18 to 25 up for night, noon and morning no sleep needed Burn the candle at both ends. Yeah, yeah, because um, I'm I'm 31 now, 32 myself, so I was only on a stag the weekend and I realised I'm slowly stepping into the, the stage three of stag. Stage one is basically where, as I said, you're in the airport at eight in the morning or you're, you're on the train and drinking cans. You, you might have breakfast that morning and you won't even think about eating until the supermax that evening. You might have a bag of crisps or bacon bites. Next day you're drinking shots at all hours and you're having great crack and and you're, you you go home and you're a little bit roping but you're fine Monday morning you're grand then you fast forward to the bracket of say 20 
24 to 28, 29, where you still think you're able to do it, but you're not like, and you give it as good as you can, but you're dying for five or six days after, like, and you, you know, you're, you're hanging in there to the banter. And then it's the 32 year old plus where you, uh, you've accepted your, your glory days are over and you, you get the late flight over and you go sightseeing on the Saturday to avoid the points for as long as you can and you might ring the wife and tell her tell her not very much to be honest with you and then, <laughs> then you go down and you you'd, uh, you'd try and listen to the young lad's stories and wish you were them again and yourself and other old lad in the stag would you know commiserate with each other in, in the chipper that night going do you remember we used to be able to stay out all night and and you're not even elegant for the sta- or stag whatsapp you know whatsapp groups now because all the kind of nonsense and filth that goes into the young lads now they won't want you seeing it so yeah that's hard to accept now Jerry. you know yourself that's- <laughs> well you know something you've hit a, a, a hot spot with me there because I was on my son's stag last summer imagine me being on a yeah. stag <laughs> in Galway and I was in Supermax he just mentioned there in the early hours of the morning but I was in trouble for the week after I came home I have to be honest with you and I had to get early sleep as well I'm gone long beyond stags is there an age limit should you forget about stags after an age no, but you you may just be ready for for the torture that comes with it. Like as I said, the fear and the and the lack of sleep and the worrying that comes with it. But I do firmly. It's still it's not worth it on the Monday or Tuesday, but it's worth it when you recover and you look back on oh, that was some crack. But it just takes you a lot longer to. It's like a footballer. Like you might play an own match now and again. You'd be agony for four weeks. When your primary could play a match every day. Like it's the same with the drinking, having the crack and the stag. So you just have to be wary that what goes into your body must come out. I think you know. <laughs> And it takes a lot longer to get out when you're uh, when you're older, you know. <laughs> it certainly yeah, does. Yeah. You mentioned your pride uh, from uh, where you come and where you live in County Mead as well. And you played football with distinction with the county minors, the under-21s, and you had an injury curtailed your career as well. I was reading somewhere that uh, you'd love to see the Harnans, the the ilk of the Harnans and the Lineses and such names back in the Mead team again yeah well of course well, like, I grew up with the, with the Lions and the McDermott's and the Giles and the Gerdes and Tommy Dow's lads who I looked at as legends and still do but at the same time like you know the, the, the McDermott's and the Lions wouldn't have an, as an influence on the game as they do nowadays because the, the, you know as my old character Eugene the game's gone soft so it has Jerry like oh you're a lad a rapid lad a shoulder nowadays you have that black card if I could every black card in the country I'd burn it in a bonfire so I could so you know he's um He's the lad who enjoyed the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s of football. But I just said to you off air, I just think people in Mead, especially, like, and you can imagine what it's like living in Ashburn. It's scandalous. Like, it's 70, 30 doves at the minute. So we're hanging in there by our fingernails <laughs> and trying to encourage lads. Like, even my young daughter, she's, she's six now, asked me, Why can't I support Dublin? Because all my friends, I'm like, Because that's not how it works. Like, do you know, when I grew up, everyone sport Man United were good. And it's like that with Dublin now. Like, and it's. It's hard to, to arm wrestle back, but just if, give 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 me time, like you know. Yeah. Don't be looking at Dublin. Forget about them. Just work on Division Two and be competitive. That maybe get over and then take like the minor championship this year was huge for 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 me winning that. So baby steps, as they say. Like, but it might be a, a, a long few steps before we get there. Like. Baby steps is right. More steps with Rory after this short break. Hey, off mic there with Helena. Helena uh, Mullins is with us here in studio as well, looking after Facebook Live. We were talking about the book, right? The book is just hot off the press. Look at this mugshot of you on the front of this. Can I say something to you? You've the Sean Gallagher set of choppers. Yeah, that's what you're saying. They were a bit generous to me now, the editor, with that set of Delft there I have me now. I wouldn't exactly have a teeth like that on me. I said, when, here, when I was younger, I used to see the dentist appointments coming in the door and I'd throw 
proud of him had been because I was afraid of getting a filling. So I wish I had it now. Like, but that that done me justice there now. That's a fine set of Delph in the front. So I uh, <laughs> let on me look like that. <laughs> it really is. Let me ask you about a few picked out of the book here. The Irish funeral. It's a very important part of life, isn't it? Well, and obviously, well, death, like, of course. well, none of us are getting out here alive, and that's what some people don't understand, that are afraid to be themselves, that no one's getting out here alive, lads, you might as well, because who knows, but it's more that, listen, funerals are horrible for everyone, it's more trying to look at the lighter side of it, the awkwardness, you know, especially the wake where you come into the house and, and you feel so awkward, and you walk into the room, and you end up shaking hands with everyone left, right and centre, even if they're not even related, and you just panic, and you try to get out there as quick as you can, and they're shoving sandwiches and whiskey at you, and you know, it's just awkward, like, and I try to portray that and then you know no matter how good or bad you knew the deceased you know it's excuse to go drinking after the funeral like ah jeez I know he would have wanted me to have a few pints wouldn't he this is your excuse like you know and that's kind of in the book like I said it's not a nice time for a lot of people sometimes you know, if you live a, a long and healthy life it's always good to have a bit of crack about the funeral you know absolutely so what about, about this one the Irish abroad look at that picture in the book there of an Irish lad on holidays just take a look at that there everything from pennies everything from pennies yeah like I'm stereotypical so if I'm going to Lanzarote or Tenerife for a week I'd snip into pennies and I'd spend 53 euro and I'd tog myself out and I'd bring absolutely nothing home with me I'd leave it all there in the bin for the power cleaners to clean up for me like you'd wear a shirt a pennies t-shirt a grand but one washer and it's good luck kids you know So, but it's perfect for holidays all the Irish lads going around the cheap flip flops around Lanzarote you know so <laughs> And the socks, come on, we couldn't go anywhere without the well, socks. Would you be a we? socks and sandals man yourself? No, I absolutely no. hate it. I think it's the worst thing in the I world, know, isn't it's it? It's horrendous, like, and I don't know how to get away, but you just spot them coming a mile away with the, the tourist tag hanging out of them and everything, looking for the Irish bear and the socks sticking up around the knees and all. That's dreadful. <laughs> oh, yeah. it really is shocking. What about the Irish lad who wants to be a TD? Oh, you have that in here as well. You know the boy? There was a few of them in the in oh, election well, that happened in oh, Ireland lately, yeah, you know? Like, you know the type of uh, local lad who, who who gets on with everyone he'll come knocking on your door and you make tea for him and he'll promise you sun, moon and stars he'll do up the local primary school and he'll do up the runway and do up the playground then he gets voted in there isn't as much as a rose planted down below in the playground you know the kind of way so and if he doesn't get voted in he'll ignore you know but I'm sure they all mean well they're not really in there for the high salaries and pensions and points you know yourself <laughs> that's all they're there for <laughs> Imagine trying to get into the bar and the doll office the day after the budget, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this man speaks the truth. He has teeth like Gallagher. They'll oh. be looking for a president in seven years, Rory. Oh, there's some smell of cowboy now. Only <laughs> cap guns and all off that election campaign, wasn't there? You, know. you, you talk about the bog in here. Now, what are we talking about? The bog or the bog? The bog where you, you earn a day's work. That, all right, that okay, bog, yeah, you know, yeah. where you, mm. you're, you're landing there and you have a bottle of water and you just have to work all day and you're baiting the fleas off you and you're having a bit of turf in your sandwiches and a hard day's work. Anyone who's from a housing state or from the a town doesn't know a hard day's work till you step the day in the bog. Like, so my father being from Offaly, I've done many a day in a bog, so uh, tough, tough day's work. <laughs> you're talking about the driving test here as well in this one what about the driving test do you remember your own uh, which one Jerry? I done four of them <laughs> did you yeah when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you find the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Four. Yeah. Four. So uh, I passed the bench. I just hadn't got a good time. You know, I, I was told to get out of a bus lane one day by the instructor and I uh, nearly ran into a cyclist another day. But I still blame on it. It's, it's a flip of a coin. When you got, it depends what you were there in. I think of my own opinion. Like, and three times they weren't in good form. But I got one lad who I thought he had a shambles and he passed a flying colour. So There's um, no telling. No, but all the stories are in there anyway. It goes in more detail. But it's hard, it is. It's a lottery, I think, you're driving Tesla. Especially when you're doing it around things like and all the kind of people running out in front of you and all that. So if you want to do a driving test, head as far away from the city as you can. Big open roads and you'll do well to... You'll fly it, that's there, for yeah. sure. We're on Facebook Live. Join us on Facebook Live. Comment on Facebook Live. You have comments there. Have you, Helena? Yes? I do. Uh, Susan Tully wants to know what time you are you in Eason's tonight uh, or in Ashburn it, yeah Easton's Ashburn it'll be starting about half six this evening yeah. brilliant she's looking to come over and get one of the bigs yeah, oh, no problem yeah, everybody welcome, welcome yeah, to welcome, Easton's yeah. in Ashbourne at half past six thanks for that keep the questions coming to us by text 086-1800-658 or WhatsApp or to Facebook Live as well for you if you were to pick out of this whole book and you've covered so many aspects of Irish life what about that one? Do you remember that? Do you remember that, Rory? Do you remember that year? Did you do that year? I know a transition year. Do I have the head of a lad that wants to stay an extra year in school, Jerry? Do we? Come on now. I, just, <laughs> I couldn't that. get out the gap quick enough. Like, no, I, I just put it in there for people who would. I've done a bit of research of friends that don't transition. So if you don't transition, it's in there. It's all bluffing now. I won't lie. That's all. That's definitely not a true story. Transition year. Like, I couldn't wait. But what about these people? Look at the Irish grandparents. Oh, my God. What would we be or what well, would children be without yeah, their grandparents with Irish grandparents like back my grandparents like you know you've seen them once or twice a year nowadays the grandparents basically half rare the children it's like mom dad how are you yeah there's the kids I'm off to a two day wedding good luck like so the Irish grandparents nowadays are definitely a bit more lean than they were they're nearly half rare them, as they Rory say, so. Rory do you know what I was saying to you I was too old for stags I'm a grandparent do you know that Rory really I am do you know at Jerry <laughs> thanks yeah. thanks I'll remember that remark forever yeah. just as you remembered yeah, mine as the last time yeah. we all Oh, Rory, yeah. I love you. I love you to bits, honestly. <laughs> You've still plenty of hair for a grandma. <laughs> well, I'm anyway. hanging in. I'm hanging yeah. in there, just yeah. like yourself. Anyway, on a little serious note before we finish up, I want to mention this. You uh, put up a video uh, about depression, uh, you know, about nine months or so ago. It nearly got a million views, and it probably has a million at this stage. You really touched the nail on the head with that. Why did you do that? Yeah, um, I suppose... Um, Mental health is something I'm very passionate about. When I was 16 years of age, my own cousin took his, his own life uh, completely out of blue. He was a very likeable fellow, had a great job, ESP, and just took his life. And 
I think that was 2000 maybe two or three and then no one really spoke about depression whatsoever it was just like ah you know he suffers with his nerves or something like that just a bit of a stupid cover up but now because the way the world is going and people like with the last couple of referendums the way the world is moving people are, are, are being themselves um, I just felt it's, it's it's something I'm very passionate about I tried to understand it um, from my own point of view as well like I would suffer a bit myself but how I manage it is plenty of exercise and, and cutting down on alcohol and being being ready for it when I do drink um, you know that you're going to suffer a couple of days but I just want to use my platform to show people that you know it can how many times have you heard oh you know such and such took his own life jeez he was the life and soul of the party we never seen it coming he was in great form before he'd done it so I tried to study this myself from a human point of view and what I believe is that it's the more outgoing fella who suffers the most rather than the person who looks depressed and I, and I wrote about it in the book about keeping an eye on your friends that you know it is okay not to feel okay and you know you can manage it like from the early days as in the exercise is so key like I can't overemphasize how much exercise is good for the human brain it's just incredible like and I just don't understand people who don't exercise it's great for clearing out any demons you have and stuff like that and then it just comes down to putting it down on the table and being honest and listen I'm not in a good place and I think there's still a stigma there especially of young men that's you know are afraid they think it's soft or it's windy or it's cowardly like but it's not like you know and suicide is rampant in the country and I do think times are changing but I think as a nation we need to push it forward more so than worry about you know people at the top table because you know they're just not doing enough in my opinion so people need to look after each other and and ask that question are you okay and, and, and be honest with people if you're not okay it is okay not to feel okay and there is plenty of help out there so I made sure to put that in the book so people will have a laugh but will see the serious side of me as well which mm. I'm passionate about yeah I love that and, and well said and, and, and well done uh, with that post on Facebook that really did touch so many people but we're hearing on Facebook live all the people who are coming on here commenting saying they love you and you know what you're really touching younger folk as well which is great to hear you know the young teens teenagers and that are paying attention to the fun you're bringing to them yeah, that's great yeah, isn't it well, that's it it is like and like it's it's like laughter's the great laughter's a great way to avoid what we just spoke with depression yes. that laughter helps a lot and I know myself I get a good giggle at something you just naturally feel better like and, and the fact that I'm I suppose like there's a lot of things in life and I'm, and I'm not good at like I tried to be an electrician big Mars bar fingers on me didn't happen I tried to be in an office I hadn't a clue what was going on 90% of the time but this is something I, I, I feel have a bit of a gift in and I'm working hard at, and the fact that it's supplying people with laughter is just an extra bonus really you know it really is the book is called The Rory Stories Guide to Being Irish here it is it's out today it's been launched tonight in Ashbourne and Easton's half past six onwards everybody yeah. welcome Rory would love to see you there to say hello to you as well and look come on what a great crack this would be to put it in the stocking for yeah. Christmas as well you're a top man yeah cheers Jerry thanks very much thanks very pleasure. much for coming pleasure, into us yeah. again it's been a real pleasure seeing you and good luck to you and continued success thank you very Rory much Rory O'Connor thanks a million and goodbye to thanks, everybody Jerry. on thank Facebook you. Live The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda your local Renault selection dealer with over 250 quality used cars in stock there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie Twice shortlisted for the prestigious Booker Prize for The Butcher Boy and Breakfast on Pluto, his works have transferred to stage and screen to tremendous acclaim and 25 years after its first groundbreaking tour, his play Frank Pig Says Hello has been staged all over the country and is coming to Antoine in Dundalk this Friday. I'm delighted to say hello on late lunch for the first time ever to Pat McCabe. Good afternoon, Pat. 
Afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thanks very much for joining me. I was just thinking, you're the most famous son of Clonus knocking around at the minute. Would that be fair to say, or would McGuigan take issue with that? I wouldn't like to take issue with Barry about anything, to be perfectly honest, in case <laughs> I might get a... <laughs> So I'm, I'm nominating him, him the top dog. <laughs> Listen, it's great to catch up with you. Let me ask you this, going back all those years, which came first? The book, was it ahead of the play or the other way around? They kind of came together in a way. You know, um, I was just working on this story. You know, I'm always working on some kind of a story, but, you know, I do it in different forms. And I was kind of working with Joel Byrne, who, was, who had founded a theatre company, a very groundbreaking theatre company in the Dublin of the time, which was the mid to late 80s, they were called Co-Motion. And he was asking me constantly, you know, would I try and give him something? And I didn't really feel confident in a way about writing for the stage because it's a very different medium. Mm. And I didn't have enough experience of stagecraft and everything. So I had done a kind of a script. I wouldn't have called it a very... um, competent script in a way because it was very idiosyncratic with very few stage directions and what one, what stage directions there were were kind of um, a bit psychedelic to say the least mm. but um, I gave it to Joe and I, was, I still was writing the book at the same time and he expressed interest in it and uh, eventually we kind of cobbled together sort of what you might call a stageable draft but the there was no hint at that time of the Butcher Boy being remotely successful in any way because a lot, a lot of people that I had shown it to really said, well, it's very interesting, but, I mean, it's an awful pity that it's all spelled wrong. <laughs> my, um, my. By which I mean it was written in a stream of consciousness that not everybody quite responded to, but over time. I think it had a lot to do with the time a book is published. I'm not so sure it would even be published now. Yeah, OK, but, but they were sort of in tandem, you're saying to me then, the stage yeah, play yeah, and the book. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Now, only two characters, as we know, multiple parts, of course. Was that anything to do? Why were there only two? Would, would you have liked to have had more characters, more yeah, people? Yeah, I'd like to have had five or six hundred in it if I could get away with it. As a matter of fact, I had a lot, a lot more characters, but, you know, the exigencies of economics then as now were very pressing, and we didn't have the money to put in 20, so Joe whittled it down very adroitly to two characters. <laughs> The original David Gorry played Piglet and a man well-known in the world of radio, now presenter of Arena on RT Radio 1, Sean Rocks was Frank. That's right. Sean Rocks was a big player on the Dublin stage at that time. He since moved into broadcasting, but he he created a kind of a storm, really. You know, it was a huge kind of character. It was like a circus of a man, really. Yeah, he was brilliant, I know, in the original, and my mind can cast back, would you believe, to those days. How do you rate the current production compared to the original, Pat? Well, it's kind of extraordinary to revisit a play like this, you know, 25 years later, because really, you know, plays or novels or anything, they have a kind of a shelf life, unless they're very lucky or very special or something. So it's very interesting to compare the audience reaction now with the audience reaction then and why a play remains, um, shall, say, shall we say, relevant. Why does it one remain relevant and another doesn't? And I think it's inarguable that this remains relevant and that's kind of interesting to me to, to examine. Yeah, and the opening night, I know for a fact from the horse's mouth in the Gaiety Theatre, was an absolute resounding success. It was received so magnificently by the audience. That must be pleasing to you. 
I think any author worth of salt remains quite neutral, really, as regards because you know what happens when when it isn't. What happens when people throw things at your um, at your actors and say your your prose stinks? Does that mean that you desert it? No, in fact, you're even more proud of it because you know um, fashion and all sorts of things can affect the reception of a play. But obviously, at a personal level, I was mm. I was delighted, and I was delighted for Co-Motion Theatre Company. You know, who are again going from strength to strength. You know, they put a lot of work into this, and it's not easy to mount a tour like this. And mm. the Arts Council, of course, were a great help to us as well. So all that was, uh, you know, it was a kind of an embarrassment of riches, and it, it doesn't come along that often in your writing life, really. This sort of thing. Mm, I mentioned it where about it being pleasing and you say yes of course and you make a very valid point uh, about the other side of things but it must have been extra special when you took it back home to Clonus Courthouse Well it was always very special when it's in Clonus because you know um, probably more than a lot of writers you know I'm very closely identified with my hometown a lot of people you know express distance between them and their source material and everything often to to kind of to a fault because people say you know things I've written are related to the small town when in fact they're not but you know because you know it's very much um you know, kind of the air that I breathe creatively, the whole, last, mm. the whole of County Monaghan, really. Mm. Of course it would be special, yeah. It was rumoured way back when you took it to Clonus for the first time uh, that you might have been a little fearful, true or false? Absolutely false, because um, rumour is even more powerful than fiction. Um, I think the rumour at that time was that I was in some way sniffy. In fact, I was almost libeled in the newspaper said I was terrified to go to my hometown and I was sitting in the front row. So <laughs> that's, very cu- that's a very curious kind of anxiety. <laughs> uh, there was a few bob in that one for you, uh, Pat, if you had decided uh, to pursue it. Oh, I'm not too nice a man. Ah, uh, don't we know that? But it brings me on to something else that I think is pertinent to you. When you look at the Ireland of today, the liberal Ireland, with all that's happened, especially in the last uh, decade or so, versus the Ireland of your youth, it's night and day. Does that mean that for the prospective writer that the pool that you can pull from is gone? Diminished? Well, I suppose the pool that I draw from is very like that uh, that Pasolini or Shakespeare or James Joyce pull pull from. And uh, I think it was Mr. Shakespeare said said it far more eloquently than I ever could when he he said in uh, when I was at Hamlet, there's nothing new under the sun. Mm. There's nothing new under the sun, Jerry. You as an experienced and knowledgeable man should know that. It just takes different forms. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're so right. And, and and again, just back to that, the rural-urban divide, is that still a significant in, in, in the Ireland of today or with all this instantaneous news in your hand with your smart device, is that barrier and that difference eroded? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think yeah, people in the country live urban lives as much as people in the city. I think that everybody can is really living in a metropolitan zone now, whether they're aware of it or not. I mean, the agricultural-based world that I lived in, you just have to look at the um, centre of small towns now, maybe not towns that are bigger like Dundalk, but, you know, the commercial heart of a lot of these towns is either gone or is being reinvented towards a residential kind of base. Mm. Mm. So the idea of, like, uh, the butcher boy or Frank Pig, where you went up the town, as it used to be called, and you would meet 40 or 50 people, all of whom you knew the in- inside out of their lives, you know, both young and old. I mean, you talk about 
modernity and so on, but also these things sometimes come at a cost. For example, uh, growing up in a small place, you are familiar with nearly every kind of walk of life, from an 80-year-old woman who's suffering from dementia to a four-year-old child, and you move in and out of these things like a circus. That sort of contact where people all live around the same age in sort of big housing estates, it's impossible. Mm. Mm. So I would kind of remember that world, not sentimentally, but very fondly. Yeah. One of uh, your other recent works, Heartland, um, I remember re- reading the review of it, and one thing struck me from it that they said, McCabe, Monaghan's master of gothic. How does that sit with you? I don't know, I don't want to put any money in the bank, that's for sure, <laughs> because what, what actually seems to happen when you see that, oh, here's old gothic on legs coming, you know what we've got now. <laughs> Well, in fact, it was a Western that I wrote, you know? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, for yourself and, and, and what you've created through the years and all your repertoire that's been so successful for you, today, have you still that drive to do more? Is there more in the tank from Pat McCabe? Well, more interested at the moment in performing now. I'm back work, doing a little bit of work with Jack L., the singer, and Ian Lynch from Lancome, he's a piper of some distinction. I'm doing a little bit of work with him. So as society changes or seems to change, I like to kind of change along with it in different ways. I don't really think anything changes, but as I've said. But, uh, you know, the idea of forever trying to write novels to an increasingly diminishing readership doesn't attract me that much because it's like, you know, Sisyphus pulling, pushing a rock up a hill, you know, it's... It's not the easiest of things, but I like to diversify and work with people anyway, so I'll always be doing something creative or hopefully creative. Question from a listener for you today. Delighted to put to Pat for you. They want to know why you changed the name of the stage play from the book. Well, it's it's kind of explanatory in this sense, in that the play bounces along like a, a coloured beach ball. It sort of moves from side to side to keep keeps moving forward uh, and the, the sort of key to the, is in the title Frank Pig Says Hello it's like a child bouncing a ball mm. and it's an impressionistic kind of uh, whirly gig whereas the butcher boy is hard sort of onomatopoeic bump 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 mm. that kind of is, that's the feel yes. of the book as opposed to the play one is playful the other is more sombre and more reflective I see yeah yeah. it's in, uh, in, in the words Dara Byrne and John D. Ruddy of course playing the parts in the, the latest incarnation and uh, they're brilliant and it's coming to Dundalk Pat is this the final in the run in Dundalk now? Yeah no better place for it you know it's very much part of the southern Ulster North Leinster terrain and um, you know We've always, with the Dead School and various other players, we've always had a great reception in Dundalk, you know, and uh, I think people understand the vernacular mm. and uh, the view of the world that I might be attempting to delineate better than most. Yeah, so it's coming to Antoine in Dundalk this Friday night and uh, tickets are available from the theatre there this Friday at 8 o'clock. It's the final in the run of the Tour of Ireland and it's been received. I know Pat said he he was at the the premiere night in the Gaiety and it was outstanding and it's been received like that, let me tell you, all around the country and we have two pairs of tickets to give away to the show in Antoine this Friday night. I'm going to tell you about that in a moment. So anything in the immediate future? You mentioned there performing things like that. Anything else we should look out for? Well, if you want to come along and hear me and Ian Lynch at the Dublin Book Festival on November the 18th, 
smart goalie you could do that mm, so that's you know Lancome uh, y- yes. they just won the folk awards yes. and then she's the key man the piper in that band so he'll be doing a little thing called Monsignor the Apples and Jimi Hendrix along with me Fantastic. So that to look forward to as well. Listen, you're a great one. I appreciate you taking the call and congratulations again on another smash hit all these years on and bringing this to a whole new audience as well. Keep our lit. Absolutely. Thanks very much, Jerry. Thanks a million, Pat. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. That's uh, Pat McKay there. That's a brilliant guy. He really is a genius. And I will tell you again that Frank Pig says hello. Your last opportunity to see it here on tour in Ireland is in Dundalk this Friday night at Antoine. And I have two pairs of tickets to give away. I have. And I guarantee you a wonderful night of theatre if you go along there. And I'm giving them away to some late lunch listeners this afternoon. So the number you need, WhatsApp for free or text if you'd like to text us directly, 086-1800-658. That's the number, 086-1800-658. Here's my difficult question. Name the town in County Monaghan that Pat McCabe calls home. What's the name of that town? We've mentioned it several times in the course of the interview that Pat McCabe calls home and we'll pick a couple of winners for those tickets before the end of the show. Late Lunch, LMFM Radio. Time for a sauce. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. National Apprentice Week and every day on Late Launch we're focusing on apprenticeship and today it's plumbing and I'm delighted to welcome back to the show Elma McMahon who's Senior Training Advisor with the Loud Mead Education and Training Board and Will Harmon is here he's the owner of EcoStep and he is a man who uh, qualified as a plumber and now runs his own business. You're both very welcome to the show thank Thank you very much for joining me. Elma let's start with yourself because I suppose let's begin at the begin an apprenticeship. How does somebody go about uh, becoming an apprentice or applying for apprenticeship? Well, generally we find that if someone wants to be an apprentice, it's been in their head all through their their secondary school. They want to be an electrician or a plumber or whatever. It's not something that suddenly comes to them in their leaving cert. So basically people um, take up their apprenticeship when they get an employer or a sponsor, sometimes they're called, and then they go through the four years or five years, whatever it is that it takes them to do the the seven phases. This is in the craft apprenticeship. So they apply by getting an employer and then they would find out through that that they have to make their registration in TUS. Okay, so the first thing is you have your mind made up what you want to do. Then you seek yourself an employer, somebody who will grant you an apprenticeship, yeah. somebody, will, and then you go about registering yeah. and starting the formal process. And that can be the hardest part in getting an employer. So like people say to us, well, how can we, do we have a list of names? We would have some names of people who are looking for apprentices, but we say like, you know, go onto the websites, go onto indeed.ie, apprenticeship.ie, the RSTC website, um, the Facebook page or like we've even heard of guys this is the social media we live in people saying I'm looking for a plumbing apprenticeship please everybody share this and people are getting their apprenticeship through that as well media. so social yep. media is a very powerful area yeah, as is, well yeah. now let me ask you this when I went to school many moons ago generally lads maybe did their junior cert as it was known at the time or their inter cert and then they headed off into apprenticeships they didn't stay to do the leaving cert what's the what's well, the scene there today? now it's still like you know it's five D's in your junior cert or else three D's in your leaving cert but what we are finding is that 70% of people now starting their apprenticeship have got the leaving cert 
and statistics that we're looking at now show that if you've got your leaving cert, you're better prepared. Like the, it's not for the faint hearted. People think like if you don't get into college, go on and do an apprenticeship. That's absolutely not the way it is anymore, Jerry. Like the exams, there's ICT, the maths level is very high. The exams are hard to pass. Mm. So if you've got the background of your five or six years at school, it's going to stand to you. And schools are better now at holding on to people as well. So we're finding that people generally have the leaving cert. So your advice today is in all intents and purposes, do your leaving cert. Get that done and yeah. have that qualification yeah. with you. Yeah. Now, I'm thinking about somebody beyond leaving cert who maybe has decided what they're doing in life is not for them well, and they want to retrain. What about, uh, you know, apprenticeships for people be post-school? Well, we have got one, like, you know, there's there's a uh, record of prior learning that you can get in after doing a pre-apprenticeship or something like that. But we would have like maybe 8% of people who are applying are ones who have got a background in third level education. So there's people coming with their business degrees right. and then they're finding that, you know, like maybe they're taking over their father's company or something like that. Mm. So they go off and they do their business and then they're coming to do the craft so that they can actually do the job. So, I mean, like, we've got lads coming in and they're in their 40s doing their apprenticeship you can always go back and retrain that's what I want you to say yeah. and that's lads and ladies remember yeah. because we had a, a young woman with us yesterday who's just qualified as well so if you're a man and a woman of any age don't rule this out it yeah. may still be an option for yeah. you so the thing is then you need an employer and then is it difficult is the registration and all that type no, of stuff no it's not really like if the employer if we already know that the employer exists it's fairly straightforward it's only if it's a new employer that maybe we wouldn't have worked with before and we have to make sure that they're qualified because what you don't want is to be with some like builder who's not qualified and then you're with them on trial for a couple of months and then you find out that's just been a waste of your time because we won't be able to register you. So what we'd say was keep in contact with myself or Tony. Tony was on yesterday. So keep in contact with us in Coes Road in Dundalk and say like I'm working with Jerry down the road and we'll be able to say yeah, do you know what? That's grand. I'll send you out an application form. There's no problem there. Mm. And it is important to register and follow the process, do yeah. the exams, get the qualification. Yeah. Well, your, your your apprenticeship doesn't start till the day you register. So okay. even if you were there, there saying, but I was there for six months, doesn't matter. It's no use. It's no use. So it's only from, if someone sends in the application form today, it'll be tomorrow that they'll be registered and the date only starts, your time only starts then. You work on the job, you have assignments, there's block yeah. release for block education, release, yeah. all that type and of thing. And now for some of the trades, and it wouldn't really apply to William of EcoStep, but like for some of the trades, there's now it's version four, and so then there's a portfolio as well, and that helps them get into college if it's progression routes that they want to get into. So like everything is changing, including the apprenticeship system, like, you know, it's getting, and it's, it's not getting easier it's getting more difficult it's getting more technical because that's the way that plumbing motor electrical everything is getting Absolutely. more technical it's not um, technical it's not like the man with the spanner anymore like yeah. you know it's it's it's, it's a change world and yeah. it's moving with the times yeah. and, and that is some of the ones that like William you know like plumbers people think of plumber, plumbers what they're doing but now there's the whole environmental aspect as well and that's where William will come in with like fuel costs and everything else like that and like his company is really interesting that's why we asked for William to come in yes well he's here today and I want to welcome him to the show. Uh, William Harmon, owner of EcoStep, is with us on Late Lunch. Good to see you. Thank you for popping in to us today for a chat. Maybe take us back to you and where you began. As Elma said earlier on there, had you had always in your head that you wanted to be an apprentice? Uh, basically, I had, yeah. For, I didn't want to stay at school, of course, but I was forced to stay there with the parents. But in the long and the short, I was glad in the end. They, um, did you do your leaving? I did. Okay, good man. So you did that. Yeah. Now the, I know this. The year after your leaving was a bit of a make your mind up year for you, was it? Yeah, it was just kind of setting me mind what I wanted to do, whether to go to college or take up an apprenticeship. Mm. But in the long and the short, I took the apprenticeship up and I haven't looked back. Really. Why plumbing? 
Yeah, a tricky one. Uh, just like the hands on, really. You know, just basically, yeah, just like the plumbing aspect yeah. of it and what it done, and mm. yeah, that's kind of stuck at that. So you were taken on by an employer, as Elma says. That yeah. did you stay with the full employer for the duration of the apprenticeship, and how long was your apprenticeship? The apprenticeship uh, took over six years to do, right? Um, and in the meantime, I changed employer halfway through, and then stayed with him until my apprenticeship was finished. Why was that? Was that to broaden your experience? Yeah, just. Yeah, G- give you another look at another aspect exactly, of this yes. with somebody else. Yeah. But the other the, the point I get at here that was a seamless transition. It didn't affect the. It didn't affect no. Once yeah. you told uh, the force at the time, it was no problem. Yeah. You know, they understood, and then they just it, different details. But then you go back and keep going with your mm. apprenticeship. Then what year did you qualify? In two thousand five. So that I'm just adding up 13 years ago at this stage. Yeah. yeah, yeah so you're yeah. a while at this game yeah. and uh, there have been many changes as uh, Elma alluded to in the whole way plumbing is carried out today. So you're qualified. Did you stay with the same company that you qualified with for a few years? Yeah, I did then. And then I, I advanced to another or more a renewable energy company then for two mm. more years just to gain further experience. And then in 2008, um, I made the big jump. Okay, you decided, I'm going it alone. Going alone, yeah. 2008, and we're only talking to Eastern Seaboard at the top of the show, and we're finishing with 2008 again today. Yeah. I'm saying it to you again, what a time to break out on your own when the building industry had collapsed in Ireland. More or less, yeah. It was kind of make or break, what do you do? Do you go abroad? Do you stay? But look, I stuck it out, and it's paid off in the long run. It's It was tough, you know, don't get me wrong, it was hard times, but... Look, the name was getting out there. Was, you know, once you do good work, mm. you've a good reputation. You know, work. So you find picked you. up work in the yeah. early years and kept tipping along. Yes, exactly, and you kept yeah. going. Did you look at going abroad when you say I that? Did. did you? I did. Yeah, tempted. Did. Very tempted. Very tempted. But look, mm. I'm a I'm a home boarding boy. So unfortunately, <laughs> good man yourself. I love to hear that as well. Stayed on. Absolutely. So Eco yeah. Step, and you came up with that name from the Ward Gold, the company. Yeah, it's actually myself and uh, the wife Gronya. We just we were scratching heads at home. It was originally William Harmon Plumbing and Heating, but then. We kind of said, look at the way plumbing is going, it's becoming more renewable energy, it can become catchy, you know, so mm. we come up with EcoStep, a step in the right direction. So. Yeah, it's a good name, it's a catchy name uh, as well. Yeah. When you talk about 2005 and 2018, is it night and day when you talk about plumbing or are the basics still the same? Yeah, si- still the same. Look, you have your, still your, your old style plumbing where you're going to have that every day if you're doing call-outs to houses, you know, repair and stuff. But as regards new bills, it's completely different. Mm. It's more advanced. Uh, everyone's into cost-saving, uh, renewable energies. It's it's completely different. It's, mm. it's, it's nearly a different area altogether. I was just looking at your spiel for your business. Plumbing, boiler, stoves, heat pumps, heat recovery and solar. Yeah. Now, solar is a, a, a growing area, isn't it? You see more and more houses with these... Solar panels on the Correct, roofs. Yeah, yeah. And, and you do that, do we you? We do that, yeah, yeah. We do indeed, yeah. Is it, you know, in Ireland today, is it a really viable option? Will it save me money in the long term? Is it something that's worth considering in this climate? Well, with the summer that's gone by, but then who needs all that heat and hot water in the summer we had? Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you, but it's, it's misled. Solar basically is for your hot water. You don't need your heating on in, in the summertime, uh, so you're going to basically just heat your cylinder. Mm. So it is very beneficial. It's up to 60 to 70% savings on hot water alone. So it does work. I have it in my own house since 06, and believe it or not, my father built his house in 2000, and he put solar in, and it's still working as good today 
okay. as it was back was then. Was back then at yeah. that stage. You know, so and he was told don't go with it, but he's a big believer of going with the future and renewable energy, so paid off. So mainstream, the plumbing, the, the nuts and bolts of the job that you do, you say are there all the same. Yeah. But are people today looking at saving money, insulating their houses better, all that type of stuff? Is that up your alley? Is that Correct. you? Yeah, that's it. In a nutshell, yeah, that's us. And uh, is that improving? Is there new stuff coming all the time? Have you to be aware of what's happening out there? Yeah, yeah. You, you basically have to keep up, what I call keeping up with the Joneses. You have to keep refreshing your mind, doing more courses because the boilers are, are completely changing mm. year in, year out. And then we have the new one, which is the heat pumps, which I've written down there. Um, that's the, the big thing now. But again, it's from new builds. You know, people are putting in heat pumps, but they're really for an air tightness well-insulated house mm. that you need low energy to, to heat. Is copper still the main mechanism of carrying water? It's my favourite one, but no. Why? It's, it's copper, because it's neat. You, you can do your work and look at it and say, it's a job well done. Yes. Whereas it's changing to plastic, aluminium, flexible pipes. Um, mm. Look, at it, it's, it still does the same job, but you can't mm. beat the copper. I'm sure the nightmare scenario for anyone listening today is when they have to call you or somebody else and there's water coming through a ceiling. Oh, my God. It's the worst scenario. Would you agree when yeah. you go to, out to a house like that and people are just yeah a mess, isn't it? Yeah. Do you, get, do you come across that often? Is that something that happens much nowadays? Um, not really, no. It's, it's more of an arrow where someone maybe was in doing work and accidentally kind of screwed a pipe or a pipe, you know, and then it's called the plumber when it's too late. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's still out there. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. What do you recommend now with the uh, weather getting cooler? Well, it's mild this week, but it is going to get colder, is, and, and yeah. undoubtedly we'll hit a, a real cold spell in the winter. For keeping the everything right up in the attic, what's your recommendation? A light up there or a yeah, heater? You, or? you can get the, the lights there. Eddie's Hardware, places like that to do the, the heaters as well. To work on a thermostat that when it drops to two degrees, the, the heater comes on just to keep the, the attic you know, a tepid temperature, not freezing. Mm. Insulate your pipes well. You know, get get any pl- plumber to come in and just check over, make sure everything's lagged and correct, you know. Mm. So You'll be all right with uh, the temperature gauge falling. Yeah. Come back to you and setting up your own business. Yeah. Like, that's a big step for a young man to take as well, to go out on their own and leave the, the comfort zone of, you know, of getting a wage every week working for somebody else. Yeah. W- what do you say about that, going it alone? Yeah. It's not easy. It, it really isn't easy. You know, you have to really have your, your wits about you and you have to be focused, committed. Uh, and look, you have to take the good with the bad. You, mm. You're going to have a bad week. You're going to have a good week. But in general, if you work hard, it is a true believer. It does pay off. Mm. Your seven day operation, I take it. Yeah. You're on call all the yeah, time. You, are, yeah. you don't mind that? No. It it has you know you kind of you'd be sitting there looking at telly and saying oh god I hope this phone doesn't ring now because you know I do not want to go out but look if you're going out to help people at the end of the day and get a bit of a hole I don't yeah. mind that That's there must be great satisfaction in that as it well it is and you know pipes don't leak from nine to five Monday to Friday they, no. they don't have that intellect to decide we leak now and the plumber's working yeah, yeah. It happens it generally happens doesn't it yeah it does at the times the out of hours times as well yeah. so recommend um, you, you've done well very well with your business as well EcoStep what about this to anybody listening today as a career to consider plumbing sell it why 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 take up plumbing 
Um, that's a good question. It's look to to me anyway. It's a very interesting trade. It's it's kind of covers a lot of areas. Um, but yeah, it's um, how will I finish this? It's kind of it, it's just how you can save basically. You know how you can get your your heating bills down to mm. to, to be you know affordable. Um, you, 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 what's in this is you're saying to me you're helping people yeah. save money be warm Correct. have a nice house and you get great satisfaction out yeah. of that and there's learning and technicals in this and all besides yeah and hard work complete hard work very, yeah. hard, very work. hard work I don't yeah. think is there anything Elmer McMahon you know it yourself there's nothing without hard work no yes. there's nothing and I mean like you know um, like ecos- it's just like to set up a company like that's extremely brave especially in the climate that he started up yeah. but like what we're trying to promote is all the routes that after doing your apprenticeship that you can go on to do like you will be talking to instructors and training advisors and big companies and small companies but I mean it's like there's an AIB ad I think and it's about being brave and I mean like you know this is really brave and you know William he's just like he's fantastic he's like got a young family he's got a lovely wife and he sponsors the local football team he's just you know, he's just lovely he's to deal with and everything else all round, he really is and he is know? a poster boy for plumbing anyway yeah. we'll leave it there today <laughs> thanks William Jerry thank sure. you Elma McMahon and uh, William Harmon from EcoStep for thank joining you. me on the show to the, the uh, show today Sinead Frank yes. Pig says hello who's going to say he's, hello to Frank hello Pig to Jen- for Harrison in Dundalk and also to Mark Jones in Dundalk as well. Well done to both of you. Clonus was the answer. That's where Pat McCabe is from. Enjoy the play. That's it on Late Lunch for this Tuesday. See you midweek, Wednesday, half one. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.